Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. I am so happy to be back here with you to talk about Hawkeye Episode 4. And this one is a doozy. We got a, we got a big ending twist. It wasn't as much of a twist as it was an expectation. This expe- expectation was via a post credit scene of a movie we watched in theaters this year. This is what the MCU is about. This is why we watch. Uh, this is why I watch these movies, and um, this is what payoff is. <laughs> this is payoff. Oh my goodness! Um, so, Yelena um, from Black Widow has made her attempt on Clint's, Clint Bartman's life. Her first attempt, and has failed. Um, thanks to Clint's new adversary and I'd say in training Hawkeye to be little little does he know or probably now does he know um Kate Bishop right so that means we are now at a point in this story where we are at the ultimate uh, we have ultimate stakes at, uh, at play and now uh, not only is that true um this makes Yelena a key player in this story. Uh, Yelena is not, um, does it? Does that mean she's just here partially for this story or she, she got, like, I don't know. Um, the, the way she fought was so brutal. Um, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but watch, watch those scenes play out. Um, the fights between Clint and Yelena and, uh, watching Kate show up, show up to the fight and uh, the disarming of the gun and uh, the fight between Kate and um, Echo, Maya. Um, you know, and, and we don't really know Maya as Echo, the name Echo yet. That's, that's the name um, of this character. But it's the title of that episode is where, is where we are kind of hinted towards that. I can't believe we call her a hero at this point because Maya is definitely a very complex character, but um, what a badass character, at the very least, Maya, right? Um, we have to backtrack. We have to backtrack. This is just this is just the end of the episode. Uh, this is the end of the episode, and um, a, an immense payoff to a lot of lead-up in Phase 4 of the MCU in the tale of Natasha Romanoff. It's a story that they rooted back to marvel phase three uh in captain america civil war where right before it's pre post civil war era um this is when nat goes and meets her family and um we just learned so much about the history of these two sisters and we learned to love yelena um but but then we see that there's a little bit of blackmail going on and Clint is directly blamed for Nat's death by um, Yalegra Valentina Val um, uh, Val yes I don't know her full name but she seems what she's behind a lot of mischief in the MCU um, currently and we can't say we can say that in most of the series there's been some there's some mischief been caused by her. I'm not gonna spoil alert too many of the series right now. Um like Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh 
well, that's about it. You got <laughs> you got to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier if you haven't yet. Get into that. Get into that. That's a good one. If anyone on the outside uh, hasn't s- listened to any of our other episodes, we at Marvel Maniac, aka me, Mister Honest, <laughs> sometimes my good friends Dustin and TJ come by for our after after shows. We, meaning at the end of the season, we'll we'll cover the whole season. Um, we didn't get to do that for Loki, unfortunately. It's just life gets in the way sometimes. But anyway, uh, we we have do we do we've done everything since Wandavision so far, and uh, with the exception of Shang Chi, I'm doing Shang Chi soon. <laughs> um, life in the way sometimes, like I said. But uh, every show, it's a Marvel maniac and MCU after show. I um, I started just mainly on the shows, but I've been watching Marvel MCU in theaters since day one, and Iron Man. I'm telling you, and um, if you really want to count it, if you really want to count it, I was in the seats in the theaters of Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man Green Goblin, I was in those seats. I was there um, very much watching Norman, Go- uh, Norman Goblin. <laughs> I almost said Norman Goblin. Norman Osborn, you know, when, like that scene when um, it cuts back. He, this is freaking MCU canon now, man. Um, I'm having, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm having like, Pull, pull, like uh, my body's shaking, you know, because that's that scene in Spider-Man, uh, the first one, where um, Peter's sleeping and he's becoming Spider-Man, and uh, the Green Goblin's like, ah! <laughs> it's like it's just literally just like a jump scare, <laughs> but it's actually William Defoe, <laughs> and it's the scariest thing ever. I think my mom was actually next to me, and she was like, oh my god. <laughs> And it's William Defoe. William Defoe, man, it's so good. It's the Green Goblin. And he's about to literally pop his little butt in here, man. He's scooch he's scooting his way into the MCU right now. Just as Hawkeye is fighting Yelena on the rooftop, training Kate Bishop to be the next Hawkeye this holiday season. Green Goblin. The Green Goblin. The Green Goblin. Is about to come from that universe in that movie. I'm just talking all goofy. Because, dude, I mean, it's happening. That gif of that guy. Google it's happening gif. If you don't know what the frick I'm talking about, that's that's it. It's happening. We, the, the, <laughs> like, that's why Doctor Strange can't handle it. <laughs> Doctor Strange, it's too amazing. Doctor Strange is just like, it's happening. <laughs> At the end of the trailer, Doctor Strange is like, I can't contain the awesomeness. That's pretty much what Doctor Strange is saying. That's not even going to be in the movie. That's just an homage to like Marvel saying, we're doing too much awesome shit for you right now. And Doctor Strange is like freaking out. He's just freaking out. Okay, so if you like the podcast, if you are enjoying the podcast, thank you so much for being here. Um, I see the views, I see the listeners, and uh, the numbers are up. Um, Jared Jonas Jameson here. We're, we got the numbers are in. Marvel Maniacs ahead. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we love we love your feedback. MarvelManiacPod@gmail.com. We always love getting it. Um, we will maybe we'll feature you on the show. So, so you know, keep sending your emails. Um, leave reviews. We we will feature those on the show. I haven't got a chance to go back and read um, as much on that lately because I've been a little bit busy. But thank you so much for our our, we, our um, ratings have been going up. So thank you. Keep rating. Uh, keep reviewing. Thank you for that. Um, it means the world. It means the world. And um, 
Patreon.com slash Marvel Maniac. I owe some extra content um, over there. I'm going to be putting out some content over there soon. Um, it's just really just the best way you can support the show if you feel the need or want to do so. And aside from that, let's get into this episode of Hawkeye, episode four. This episode is called Partners, Am I Right? I like the name of that. Reference to the very beginning, a line that is um, up and coming said. Um, Jack has the blade at Clint's throat. Just like the end, like the very end, pretty much just like picking up from the very last moment of last week's episode. Huge cliffhanger, kind of. Kind of knew this would be resolved. Um, I wasn't too worried about Clint, a.k.a. Hawkeye. But um, anyway... (laughs) Yes, what are you doing in my dining room? And he says, you're Archer. <laughs> you know, classic Jack. Alrighty, we get clapped. Jack is already instant classic for me. Why is there an Avenger in my dining room? Eleanor um, asks Kate's mom. Hawkeye. Uh, Kate says, I love this part of your branding issue. It's just resolved instantly. Hawkeye. It's um, a very instant solve. It will be very, very good in a very fast watch of the show when there's, I want to say, 80% of the people who will watch Hawkeye and it's in the course of the existence of Hawkeye, <laughs> maybe before the earth blows up in a thousand years, maybe like, um, we'll probably see uh, this in a binge watch. And um, yeah, and, and thank you for everyone watching in the, in the future. Um, these are episodes being viewed on the night of, in on the night of, literally as they come out at 2 a.m. And it is my pleasure to be here on the brink of history in this timeline. Um, on the date, currently, 12-8-2021. And I realized maybe I should be putting the dates. Oof. Major oof. After the title card, Kate tells um, Eleanor and Jack that they were working on a case together, her and Clint, and that they needed to use the bathroom. Kate says that they are friends slash partners, and Clint says that they would really describe... Them, uh, he would really describe them better as like a friend, <laughs> like friend thing. Uh, and Kate's like, No, we're more like partners. <laughs> That's where we get the title Partners. Am I right? Eleanor uh, gets a notey on her, on her phone um, that says, Someone logged into her work computer 10 minutes ago. And if Kate or Hawkeye kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like it, it, there's the levity in some of the scenes of these shows. Um, really grounds the superhero thing. And in Hawkeye, like Hawkeye is the most non-superhero of the superheroes. So, um, <laughs> and um, Eleanor addressing Hawkeye like Hawkeye, like, like, like that really um, emphasizes that. Have, uh, <laughs> and she says, w- would you have anything to know about that? <laughs> and um, Kate's just like, you'll never get anything out of him. CB1, <laughs> CB1, his code name, has trouble opening up. <laughs> and uh, Clint's like, nobody calls me CB1. And uh, by the way, thanks for saving the world, <laughs> Jack. Jack, like you cut to Jack's like snarky face. <laughs> that guy, dude, Jack, that actor, man. What is that actor's name again? We got to go find him, man, right now. What a what a guy. <laughs> like, I don't mean to be wooed by him. Tony Dalton. What else is he in? Oh, he's in Better Call Saul. He's Lalo. That's where I know him from. Oh, my God. Goodness, he's so good. Lala, what a good actor. So good. So good. What a character. Um, yeah, he's like, thanks for saving the world. You know what? Um, they're looking at each other face to face, but the thing is, 
Jack will woo you, but he's he's there's, there's something wrong. There's something wrong about Jack. We learned we learned a little bit about Jack this episode. We learned a little bit about him. Kate says she logged in because she needed to get into her account for a case because they are in danger. And Eleanor asks Clint if she needs Kate's help with an Avengers level threat. Clint does confirm this all while eyeing the Ronin sword in the corner. He needs to get his outfit back. He needs to close down this identity. He needs to confirm his safety as Ro- as his former life as Ronan. There's there's consequences for what he's done. I love this. I love all the follow up on what's happened to him with Ronan. Why? Because what felt to me as um felt okay in Endgame, I really felt like Ronan was going to be Clint's persona. I was wondering like. Why did we get this tiny little scene of Ronan like Hawkeye's a ninja? <laughs> and that's how kind of how I felt in Endgame. I'm like, Hawkeye was a ninja for one scene and all these advertisements, and that's all we get? <laughs> and that's it? Like, but this is setting up his new this was setting up a whole arc for him and this recovery of his character and like this five years he had and everything from then to here with Natasha and breaking of my heart right now for this guy i understand it so much more now um i could cry i'm okay i'm gonna hold back tears for you marvel maniacs uh so we can get through this together we've all shot we've all cried no tears for clint bartman and uh natasha romanoff (laughs) um we are not we will get through this (laughs) eleanor escorts clint to the elevator while they wait she tells him that kate is not a superhero Natasha, you know, I'm, I think there's always this kind of, it's not that um, Eleanor underestimates Kate, but by, by wanting to overprotect Kate, it's not, is it overprotecting is a real question. Is it overprotecting by seeing what happens to Nat? Um, it's about the choice of being a hero, and there's so much, a com- such a complexity in that choice, um, but the people that the heroes love um, trying to protect them, um, you know, uh, she's she's kind of, undermining in a way undermining kate right eleanor is um and that's not very attractive to see from eleanor clint says no and agrees that she's not a hero and she says he he does say she's pretty good at it and uh eleanor says natasha romanoff was pretty good at it wasn't she but being good isn't always good enough to keep you alive like snarky 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 she assumes that clint has kids and tells him that it's been a rough week and that she can't lose kate I've lost people before, and in your line of work, you have too. Clint tells her, you know, understands. Um, you know, Clint is definitely stopped up by this. Clint definitely knows he doesn't want to lose more people. More than anybody. Okay, lady? He knows. She asks if he will forget the case, and he tells her he cannot do that, but he can promise to keep her daughter safe. After the door closes, it's revealed that he has the Ronin sword. He's, he got it. You know, Clinton, is a, he, he is a, he's sly, he's sneaky. Hawkeye, you amazing. You amazing, Hawkeye. Hawkeye's turning out to be a fantastic show. What a great show. Clint texts Laura to run a search on Sloan Unlimited, Laura's Clint's wife, the name they found in Bishop's security base. Cut to Eleanor on the phone telling someone, call her back. It's urgent. Uh-oh, Kate's mom is... In with the big bet. She's not just on the side. Eleanor is making phone calls, dude. Hmm. Let's not forget this. Let's not forget Eleanor's making phone calls. Like, we may see Eleanor, like, 
on the floor, being helpless. We may be, we may feel for Eleanor. We may feel for, we feel for Eleanor and Jack in this episode at one point. They make us sympathize with their characters, um, and leave us with that with that sympathy at very most. And we only learn about Jack's criminal activity. We don't see it. So um, it's very, very, very like they're they're doing great. This show's doing great with complex feelings. I love this. Um, I love this. Don't forget. I cannot forget. We cannot forget what she, the, the Eleanor um, took a phone call and uh, or you know called somebody after Kate and Kate and uh, Clinton left. You know she called somebody. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I think I just pieced together who she called, guys. I I think I just literally pieced together who she called. I didn't want to I don't want to ruin this. Um because if you really think about it, what Clint says at the end of the episode, um Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What does she say? <laughs> I've never realized something in real time so fast, dude. Um, that she had to be had to take, literally, she literally had to have um part in Yelena's arrival. And or hiring. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um. Clint doesn't know that. I don't know why Clint doesn't know that. Um. Or have any idea or didn't mention that Yelena is Nat's sister to to Kate. And um if is that no knowledge to Clint? And that is something that slips my mind. And um I may need to bring back to the table next week. Is that a secret that Nat has a sister or family? I'm pretty sure she didn't have family. The only family she had was the Avengers. Known to the Avengers, right? And the, this other family she had, they were spies. Nobody knew about them, right? Um, so this is just a Black Widow to Clint. And this vengeance that Yelena has against Clint is personal. And it's misguided. And how how far will this misguided vengeance stretch um, how many movies or shows will this stretch? Will it be resolved within the show? Um, I'm sorry, but this question is so much bigger than this episode. Um, so it needs to be kind of like touched upon a couple times. And it is very clear to me now. Um, I'm sorry, Eleanor, she's she's causing some stank. Clint gets a call from Laura and asks if she's heard anything from that uh, friend of hers. She says she's been very busy learning Russian and jogging a ton Track suits, so Sloan is their front. Yes, she said that his boss is Jack Duquesne and laundering money to the CEO. Clint excitedly repeats this back to her, and she's assuming uh, he asks if she if he's going to need another day. He says yeah, and tells her about Kate and how she um, how he really needs her help because she is in the middle of this. He, you know, Kate needs Kate really needs. Hawkeye. Laura asked Clint if anything else was stolen from the compound um, in another language. I don't know why. Really, maybe um, the fact that she says the Rolex, so if anyone's listening over the phone, nobody knows what it was. Um, he, I don't know. He asked if uh, 
She means the Rolex, which he does say back to her in English. Wasn't that destroyed years ago? The thing she asked in another language was anything stolen from the compound. I thought, but I thought so. But the same um, thing about your fancy outfit, uh, like the Ronin outfit. So um, she's thinking that anything could have been stolen from the compound. This is crazy. Um, she can tell that Clint sounds tired and that he's running been around all day. Like you can tell that the guy's tired just by in his voice. And he, she is so right. He's beat up. He's beat up from all the things from the previous episodes. Again, would love to see more of the two together physically. Not her, not in the same physical spot in that cabin. Cut to Eleanor and Kate and Jack. Eleanor is talking about Kate like she's not in the room. Like <laughs> she's she's right there and she's telling Jack, like, oh, she's always been about Hawkeye, Hawkeye this, Hawkeye that. Crazy Hawkeye. Eleanor is the most maybe the most unlikable character in this show. I mean, even Jack is more likable now. <laughs> like, you know, uh, we get this whole thing where um, Eleanor tells Kate that they should go out to a party. Um, the whole point of this is that Jack uh, is like, oh, it sounds like fun. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I feel like he's, dude, what the hell, man? Uh, and he's like, we could go dancing. <laughs> and um, Kate's like, oh, well, you know, my mom doesn't even like to dance. So, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I back to differ. It's like, you think this is going to be like another one of those weird, creepy moments from Jack? I feel like they've leaned so hard into those just to set this up. It's a genuine moment between um, Eleanor and Jack where Kate actually can kind of acknowledge a connection between her mom and Jack. Uh, and they're really dancing and having a really fun laugh, at, like a really fun moment. And they love, they got a love between them. You see it. Because even if it's <laughs> they're running a criminal empire or doing some sort of conspiracy together, there has to be some sort of love in there. <laughs> I know it's uh, I know it's kind of messed up, effed up. Um, if you think about it, it has to be that has to be there. If it's it's, it's going to be grounded in reality, and that's what makes the show freaking great. That's what's going to make this drama at the end of the show. Whatever's going to happen, whatever is going to make this tower collapse. Um, these arrows hit it at the head. We're um, we're going to hurt. It's going to hit us. They, these arrows are going to hit us in the heart. You know what I mean? Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling the um, a lot of emotional buildup here because that scene was really good. And for the first time, I cared about those two characters a little bit more, Eleanor and Jack. Um, we've been at their apartment together with Kate, and we've seen Jack actually. We've seen him make a lot of attempts to just get the three together to be a little bit of a family. <laughs> How many times now? Creepy, creepy guy, creepy. I've said, I mean, I've been like almost on the creepy train. I've been along with Kate for how long? But like, and um, they've been trying to be family, family, family. You know, at one point you're like, just give it or give him a chance. Like, just try. But like, you know, he's, we just learned that he's <laughs> running a criminal under, underworld. Um, you know, he's laundering money and uh, it's not, he's, he's not right. He's not, he is, Kate is correct on readings. And, um, but the, the characters are having a moment. It's as simple as that. I'm I'm taking too long on this scene. I'm just finding um, that we're having scenes like this in a superhero show is really great. Jack says, any laughter is better than being alone on the holidays. We cut to Clint alone in Kate's aunt's apartment. And Clint's, <laughs> he's taping uh, drink mixes all over his body and his wounds. They are everywhere on him laying, and he's laying down with the doorbell rings. It's Kate. She enters with a Christmas hat. <laughs> Uh, pizza and the doggy, the doggy who was apparently named something like spaghetti last week that 
I don't think we agree that I don't agree that that was the name. I think she was just saying stuff. I somebody was saying that was the name. I don't think that was the name. Uh, she said, she says this is the classic Hawkeye costume we've been waiting for. Um, I'm pretty sure she, she's talking about the Christmas sweaters they brought. Um, Clint's like, what's this? And uh, she says she's been making uh, this is me saving the day. Um, yeah, she says this is me saving the day. And she brings a bunch of movies for the movie marathon that she was he was supposed to have that day. Um, even though he, he it means a lot to him, and it was really sweet of her to do this. Wasn't that for the kids? Like the kids are the ones who lost out on this. He has a whole family. They should have gotten a FaceTime. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's a little a little effed up that uh, like. Clint is the big kid who needed the uh, movies, and um, nah, you know what? We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna patronize it. It was it was cute, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna come up with a so, oh, so okay. So Clint te- Clint tells Kate that Jack is the CEO for the tracksuit mafia, and how Sloan Unlimited launders money for them. She says we're gonna have to come up with a plan to take down my mom's fiance's organized crime ring while simultaneously having holiday celebrations. And we get a fun montage, but this montage is a very active one. There's very there's a lot of stuff happening in it, um, conversations and um, scenes. Uh, they're putting um, matching gaudy holiday sweaters. Kate puts on a blender of daiquiris, so she's getting a little tipsy. Kate writes a she writes on a um, poster, like it's an actual like poster on her aunt's wall. It's like one of those frame posters, you know, <laughs> uh, that she needs to get the cops off her. Um, TSM got to get. Um, then to leave her alone, and she needs to find out why and how Jack is connected to all of this. Um, Clint says next to nothing. He's just like, yeah, right. And Kate's like, this is where you finish with the plan. <laughs> and like Clint's like, I'm not the guy that comes up with the plan. And like I and like you think about the Avengers, you think about the Avengers too. Like you think about all the movies that Clinton, and he's like, he's not the plan guy. He's a support. He's the backup. He is an operations man. He is. Hawkeye. Um, he deserves a movie. He deserves a show like this. He, it deserved to be sooner. But right now, I think this is kind of a meta joke on he's never been the guy to come up with the plan. He's never been the guy to come up with the damn plan. Uh, then he points out that the marker she's using is uh, permanent. It's, it's, it isn't, it's not dry erase. And she tries to wipe it off and uh, you know, cuts it. Clint feeds the doggy. Um, <laughs> I love this. The show's such good vibes. It really is a great, 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 great hearted, lighthearted show um, with some drama added because I could tell it's going in a, in a kind of darker direction from where we left off. Kate asks Clint where they get more trick arrows. He tells her that there aren't any more trick arrows, and he says he only has a few more, but you can't just put them on any shaft. Kate covers um, the tree um, with decorations as they're talking. She should. She should just a boomerang arrow, and Hawkeye like kind of laughs. He's like, "These come back at you. Why, why would you do a boomerang arrow? They come back at you." <laughs> and she's like, kind of trying to defend it. <laughs> it's a dumb idea. It's actually. I kind of get her. I get the idea. Like she's thinking that the arrow would. Like, let's be real. In her mind, she's shooting the arrow. It'll shoot straight from directly from you. And then it'll have like a magnet effect. One arrow on the whole bow and arrow. And then magnet straight back. It wouldn't hurt you because there's kind of like a 
mechanical arrow that would be meant to come back into this archer slot. Pull your arm back in as it lands back and you shoot it again. You know, it's this would be a very high-tech arrow. I think that she may make a version of this later on. It'll be very cool. <laughs> we, we see a boomerang arrow. Um, Hawkeye laughs. Yeah, he laughs, laughs, laughs at this. Uh, this is funny. They decorate the tree together. Clint says he can knock someone unconscious with this tiny little ornament because uh, Kate says, like, show me a trick. Um, so he, he, he's uh, um, really hesitant to prove it to her, but he does. He flicks it on the TV, um, and then it freaks her out. Like She's like, what? I want to know how to do this. Show me how to do this. <laughs> so then we get a montage of him training her. Um, amazing. And uh, you, this is really fun to watch. Um, and she does it. It's a montage uh, of him training her to flip the disc to turn on the TV. Uh, it leads to her succeeding and them celebrating that. Not bad, kid. Best shot you ever took, she wants to know. And they're taking uh, a break. Um, Kate asks Clint the best shot he ever took. And he doesn't want to answer it. And she says, come on, it'll be like a Christmas present. Tell me. And he says, it's the one I didn't take. And he says, the time I met someone, I was sent out to take her out. And when I got there, when it was time, I couldn't do it. I just had this feeling that she wanted out. Turns out I was right. So there's so much about Nat in this episode. The song from the Soul Stone plays in the background. When um, It's the same song that Thanos kills Gamora to. This is more of a significant song now to Clinton Natasha. Um, when, when Natasha dies. And this is um, this is kind of like ominous in the background of this episode a lot. And um, Kate says, you mean Natasha? And he says, yeah, this, uh, she was there. She was the best there was. Kate says, she's sorry. And Clint says, yeah, well, when you do what I do for a living, it's just a game of managing loss. He's trying to teach her a lesson. He's trying to let her know that before she becomes an Avenger or a superhero or whatever she wants to be, that you're going to lose people. It's not if, it's when. Um, I love how serious I sound in this. <laughs> I hate acting like I've I'm like, like I know I know this story. It's like it's like when when you talk about superhero shows, you are gonna be telling people that superheroes tell people you are going to lose people. <laughs> it's inevitable when you tell when you talk about superhero shows and movies. Um so she says they wa when they're watching a movie. Kate says to Clint that um, it must have been really hard to lose his whole family in the blue. And she asks him, "Is that where you met the Ronin?" She's got like a secondhand feeling about Clint. She knows she her, she's got a connection to Clint, Kate. Um, and she says, "It's you, isn't it?" She just asks. She knows. She knows. It's all over her face. She just has this feeling. She asks him, "It's you?" And he says, "Everybody dealt with their the blip in their own way. I continue doing what I was trained to do." And she says, protect people. And he says, hurting people. Kate tells him he was a hero. And Clint replies that he was a weapon. Kate says he made mistakes, but those and those are behind him. And uh, he disagrees and said it's tied to him and his family. And that's why he's here. He can't go home until he fixes it. And this makes Kate look just a little bit guilty. Like, oh, Maybe that's why I shouldn't have gone through the roof that time. You know, maybe that's why I shouldn't have gotten in the suit. Maybe that's why she gets it now a little bit, right? A little bit more. Clint tells Kate that he 
appreciates what she did today, and it means a lot. Uh, he tells her to rest. They got a big day tomorrow. She says, yes, boss, and I love it. I just love the, dyna- the dynamic building between these two characters. Don't you dare take Hawkeye from us yet. <laughs> if you're going to take Hawkeye from us in an Obi-Wan Kenobi-style way, don't do it in the first Star Wars in this case. like Just take him later. I don't want Hawkeye. I can't do it. You can't do it. Um, when he takes his earpiece out, again, one earpiece, full-on silence. So he's only hearing through that one earpiece, it seems. If so, I, man, um, that's very tough. Um, it shows his kids right before the snap. Um, moments from former uh, like, peop- like him killing people as Ronan. And then Nat kicking off the wall in Voramir. The next day, Clint drinks from a coffee cup that says Thanos was right. <laughs> I love any mention of Thanos. You know, I think we'll be getting Thanos references as many as uh, Tony Stark references in the MCU until the end. The Mad Titan himself. Clint directs um, Kate to retrieve his trick arrows from the LARPers. We get to see the LARPers again. Kate finds them doing sword training at Central Park. He tells, uh, She tells them that uh, they're, she's on Avengers business and she needs Hawkeye's tracking arrows. They're an NYPD facility near that Manhattan Bridge. They say... They will help her if she makes it worth their while. This is so ridiculous, these LARPers. She she reluctantly agrees and she fist bumps them. (laughs) Kazi is leaving a car lot. Uh, Kazi, you know, tracksuit mafia gang guy. Um, He fought. He definitely was the guy fighting uh, Kate in that tracksuit in that earlier episode. I said he will be an important factor later. I'm... I'm calling him. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back for that. Clinton is in his back seat with a gun. <laughs> he takes. He tells Kazi, and it's his gun, by the way. Um, he tells Kazi he wants him to leave town. It's as in Kazi's gun. Uh, before he does, he wants to put the Ronin situation to bed. He tells Kazi he's not a stupid guy. As in, um, he's, he's assuming he's not a stupid guy. Like you're gonna, you're gonna help me, help me, help you. <laughs> if you're trying to flatter me, you're way off your mark. Kazi tells Ronin. Oh, I refer to Clint as Ronan. He's very Ronan here. Very Ronan Clint vibes. <laughs> uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I think I, I still think you're a doorman. <laughs> I love that from Clint. He, uh, but he has a, uh, you know, he tells him he has a big role um, in this o- operation, Kazi, and um, he knows the uh, operation better than anyone, and he knows what Maya's boss wants, and knows he doesn't like this attention that he's getting. Kazi asks what Hawkeye wants, and he says, I don't want anyone else to die, and, and Maya, uh, Maya's need for vengeance is going to get people killed. Her need for vengeance is going to get people killed. Kazi reaches for a knife in his sun visor, and Clint has it <laughs> in the room here, and he says, and I have the box cutter under the seat. Uh, Clint says he knows Kazi is the only one who convince Maya can convince Maya to lay off, um, and Kazi asks for his gun back. He's like, are we done? He asks for his gun back. Uh, he's like, yes. And then he walks so far away, like throws the gun like off in the distance. I fucking love that. I, so what a badass. What a badass. It's like a badass dude disarming um, uh, kind of a another badass dude. Like this dude's like think, who a dude who thinks he's badass. I can't call that dude badass. He's a dude who thinks he's badass. <laughs> and then, okay, Clinton returns to Kate's aunt's place where Grills, we met, we met Grills before. He's a LARPer. Uh, former locker slash good guy grills. <laughs> um, he offers uh, 
Clint a snickerdoodle. All the LARPers from the park are pretty much there. As Kate is getting dressed into an armored garment uh, they're putting her in. I guess this is part of the deal. Clint is so surprised, and um, he asks Kate, like, they simply asked her to get his arrows and not stage a play. Um, but, like, we know these people, and didn't we just see Clint in a suit of, like, like armor? Um, like, didn't he give it everything he had, like, to just get information that he had to get? Not, like, but an episode or two ago. How how dare he um, judge Kate, like, <laughs> he had. she had to do this to get the arrows. Um, she's just like him. The Rolex wasn't destroyed at the Avengers compound in a text. The transmitter is signaling from 3715 Godfrey Road. Clint says, I gotta go. Kate says, we both gotta go. And Clint says, you gotta change. Um, a LARPer enters and says, Hawkeye, arrow retrieval mission complete. <laughs> and uh, Clint has to take her back. Uh, that uh, that says bombshell on it that was made for her by her fiance. She's kind of like, I don't want to give you my bag, like in reality. But they can't, they gotta take the bag. It's got all the arrows. There's a lot of arrows in there. Clint and Kate are on the rooftop staging the location of the Rolex. This actually makes me kind of worried, actually, from that last scene. Um, the way we got the text to the location of the place of the Rolex, right? Makes me like kind of worry about um like the well-being of Clint's family right now. Um, I hope they're okay. Clint, in a way, like we didn't see her say that. She got a text. He got a text. Um, okay, so Clint asked Kate if he wants, Kate asked Clint if he wants to tell her what they're doing here, and Clint tells her vaguely that something important was stolen from him and sold at the black market. Clint is explaining to Kate all about good entrances and exits, um, about like sneaking into places and stuff. Just when he sees down on the street that Kate is just like making her way in to the place they're about to sneak into, um, without listening to any of this. He's just like, she, she's already gone. She's just already gone. Clint tells her to use her grappling hook to go up to the room and she, um, does it her own way. She gets in with a senior citizen bringing up groceries. She directly asks to, uh, the senior citizen to let her in. She even tells him in the elevator that she's on the phone with an Avenger. And the person's very confused. So Clint is just like looking kind of destroyed slash annoyed on the other end uh, across the way in the building, at the building. Clint picks a, uh, I say Clint picks a lock, but I literally probably mean Kate picks a lock because we know that Kate is the one breaking in the apartment. Uh, Mr. Note Taker, um, Mr. Honest. She gets in and sees blinking red strobe lights all over the place. This is, um, apparently for death, the deaf, which I don't know. She shoots arrows at them. Um, lights and fires, uh, she lights, she fires putty arrows to cover them. She uh, tells Clint about them. Um, she, she fires, she finds Clint's family's name on the desk. Maya enters and attacks. Now this is where we get the series of insane action um, between Maya and Kate. Um, there's a huge struggle, a huge fight. Um, you saw what went down between that. Um, there's a moment where Kate is being held by Clint, mirroring Nat, the, him holding Nat on Vormir, and he's traumatized by him not being able to hold her up and bring her back. There's a, there's something in there where he just can't bring her back, and she falls. And there was, there was the song playing, um, and 
he had to actually drop <laughs> Kate. So like the, his triumphant moment there was him like she was like she was like pick me up and she he drops her. Um, so they fight off like they're fighting off both um, act, uh, you know Maya and what we soon we saw we soon learned to be Elena. Um, dude. So the mass assailant was Elena. Um, that's you know I'm not gonna go defeat the. Uh, literally beep your beep for this fight because um, it was just so much it was emotional um, I uh, I thought the fight was really good really intense and uh, I loved every second of this episode and as a, as a Marvel fan uh, I think knowing that we are going to get more moments like this throughout the shows connected to the movies and into the movies and into the shows the payoff is in insane and I think if we can keep building these in it bringing the audiences back and forth and if we as an audience support the shows and keep watching them and bringing them back and forth like it, they're going to keep doing it and the um content's only going to continue to get better and the viewers are actually there too though i know the audience is there for it so thank you for being here today and uh, talking about it with me um if you were talking back um i will have you know this is a podcast and i couldn't hear you if you talk to us at marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com, we'll talk back. Also, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at marvelmaniacpod. Patreon.com slash marvelmaniac to support us. $5 a month um, goes a long way. And we will see you next week for episode five. Episode five of, you know it, Hawkeye. And very, very soon, if not next to uh two weeks from now a week from now i don't know where i am right now in the world uh, on dates but we got spider-man no way home coming out oh my goodness it is a great time to be a fan of marvel and it is a great time talking about it with all of you wonderful marvel maniacs there i go i said it again if i was the person in the name of a movie of marvel maniac the people audience of that movie would be cringing because i've said the name of it so many times <laughs> Okay, until next time, Avengers, disassemble.